you know, wealth is not that. It's not a big empty house with unhappy children. You know, that's not wealth. Wealth, we've had people come to, to real wealth who all they wanted was maybe this one guy just wanted to be an artist. He just wanted to spend his day doing art. And so when we sat with him, it was like, well, what are your expenses? What's it going to take for you to do that? It was like two, two, $2,500 a month was all he needed to live his dream. So it's not about the money. It's about how much time can you free up to live life the way that you want. Welcome to A Better Life with Brandon Turner. That is me, where world-class guests share their wisdom on building a better life. Join me as we explore the habits, the actions, and the beliefs that have guided their journey with the aim of helping you apply those lessons to your own. We set Rich, Kathy, you guys are awesome. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Great to be here. All right. <laughs> great, great to be here in your house, your yeah. amazing house. <laughs> this is legit. Seriously, I've heard stories for years. Like friends will come here and just be like, you've <laughs> got to check this place out. So awesome. I uh, commandeered it tonight for a charity dinner and you guys were kind enough to host it. So thank you. Yeah, well, this is a treat for me because when we when we built this, it felt like too big a house for us. And mm. I remember thinking, yeah, but I'm going to have charity events here. Yeah. And yeah. this is the first one. Yeah. We sold what? 30, 30 tickets, roughly 35, something like that tickets for a thousand bucks a pop. That's a hundred percent. And it wasn't even like profits go to charity. It's just, they had to just literally donate directly to uh, the Tim Tebow, wow. Tim Tebow Foundation for the financial against human trafficking. So oh. we raised at least 30, 35,000 oh, so yeah, just yeah. for dinner. And uh, yeah. yeah, and we're gonna have a great night too. We so. are. a great purpose. Yeah. yeah, so thank you guys for that. Let's yeah, get yeah. into your guys' story a little bit. So you're, uh, I'll give a quick summary. I don't know everything about you. Uh, mm-hmm. Real estate investors, business owners, uh, you've been through a lot of stuff. You did a mullet bench press at one point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy, you did news, TV, news yeah. stuff. Yeah, I was in, in the, the news. I graduated in broadcasting in San Francisco oh, and worked, worked in the news until we got married and I didn't want to really chase fires or murderers anymore. Yeah, <laughs> and I understand that. Yeah, chase kids. That sounded better. All right, so let's go back though. Before all, you know, super successful, amazing house, awesome place in Malibu. Uh, where, where, where'd you guys meet? Like, how did that, how'd you guys get together? Uh, where does your life uh, come together? Well, you were sleeping on the floor of a, of your gym. Of my, yeah. <laughs> so I, I sold my gym that I started when I was 23 back in Boston and then drove cross country in 95 and came out to the Bay area and met Kathy in a and personal I, development seminar. Oh, really? I was a single mom with a, uh, living with two roommates mm. in a house in Oakland and yeah, my actually my assistant at the time, I had a small business and she's like, you should go, you should do this thing. It'll be good for business because she knew I wouldn't go for personal. But at that time, my personal life was just a complete mess. I, I barely talked to my ex-husband. We would just pass the baby back and forth. I, mm. I was a workaholic, didn't really do much more than that, didn't spend enough time with my child the way I wanted to. So then she got me to this personal growth workshop because I thought I'd make more money. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So it's three months. You set three goals, two personal goals, one professional or the different mix, two professional, one personal. And uh, I saw Kathy and I said, I know what one of my goals is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked. That's so. awesome. Do you remember the line you used when you first talked to her? Was this like, hey, or were you, did you have a pickup line? Actually, it wasn't a line. It mm. sure sounded it like one. It felt like a line. <laughs> <laughs> I got introduced to her and I looked at her and I said, I think I've met you before. And mm-hmm. I really, it was the only time I've ever felt that with a woman and just, you know, it was, it was wild. I just, mm. I really felt that I was trying to place where it was and everything, but I yeah. don't know, must've been destiny. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, it's funny you say that when I, 
there's certain things in life where when you when you encounter it, there is that kind of deja vu feeling. And I'm not necessarily like I'm not a believer in like the you know necessary reincarnation or that I had a past life necessarily, but there is this feeling of like like when I found my house, mm. I was like. I own this house before. Like, there was no question. I was like, I've been here. Nice. I know this house, right? And when I met Heather, like, when I saw her from my college window out on the lawn, I was like, I'm going to marry that girl. Like, wow. I just knew it. Like, mm. and I walked down there and I was like, this is the girl I'm going to marry. And I said, like, the, I vi- verbally said it out loud, I'm going to marry this girl. And then nice. I did, right? Because I was like, in my head, I'd already, I'd already done it. So I don't know where that, I don't know where that comes from, but. I don't know, but you've, Kathy's had a lot of those experiences. Yeah. This house yeah. It, it, yeah. itself, yeah. All of our houses, yeah. I saw them first. Yeah, yeah. isn't that great? Mm-hmm. Yeah, doing like, like future self or something like yeah. that. Yeah. You can see it and then, yeah. then it becomes reality. As clear as could be. And then I'd pull up and be like, oh, there it is. Yeah, <laughs> and that's that power of like visual, visualization, future self. Can we, I, I mean, I wanted to bring that up later, but now we're, we're covering it. Uh, you walked me through a process one time, Rich, of that future self. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about what 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 is that? What is that idea? What is that practice? I mean, we don't have to it's, do it on the show, but like, yeah, it's it, it's a guided visualization. Uh, I actually started doing it way back in college because I was I would record my classes. I'm so ADD, I couldn't pay attention in mm. class, so I'd re- record them on a little micro cassette. And then one day, I just I was bored studying at home, and I flipped the cassette over, and I said. A day in the life of Rich Fedke, and I just went into this whole thing. And then when I got into coach training in 96, they had a similar process where you could actually, you know, do this visualization and guide someone to meet their future self. So it's basically that. It's meeting, it's facilitating that and having someone meet their future self 10 years, 20 years in the future and really get to see who is this person, who who do I become, who do I want to become? And you're just tapping into that part of the brain that, you know, the creative spot and the imagination spot of just like really on a deep level, who is it that you really want to become and what do you see? And I don't know, something happens in it where you really tap in and you see some things that are pretty cool. Unless for some people, it's like, I've guided people through it and they're like, Ooh, they'd open their eyes and say, I don't, I don't like that person. And it was because the choices they were making in their life was going to take them to a future where they didn't want to be. Yeah. So the cool thing is you can shift that and you can change it and make different choices and end up, you know, having a better future self. Yeah. Somebody in the mastermind, when we did that, I can't remember who it was and I wouldn't call them out anyway right now, but (laughs) they, they, they said basically I wasn't there. Like I was like, Mm -hmm. I was like the choices I'm making in life were leading towards a bad spot Mm -hmm. where maybe I wasn't like, I'm not going to make it there to the future self. And it may rock them. You're like, oh, I got to make some different changes. Oh my gosh. Right. Isn't that wild? Like, yeah. And it's like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what that is, but just the idea of visualization. So what, what else in that world have you guys done? I mean, like what, what are those, uh, you know, cut out magazine pictures and put them on a thing like a vision board. Have you guys done that? Are you vision board people? Absolutely. We've done a lot of that with our friends, with our daughters. Yeah. Yeah. I Mm -hmm. mean, this house was kind of on our vision board 25 years ago. Yeah. When we met, we, we, again, he was sleeping on the floor of his gym. I had roommates on each side, single mom, struggling uh, to get by every day. But when we did the dream board, we just cut out pictures of things. Don't like, don't overthink it. Just stuff that yep. you like. Yeah. And of course we liked houses on hills overlooking ocean, yeah. you know, an ocean and not stopping to think, well, how are we going to do that? Just like, I like this. And then you put it on the wall and your subconscious is so powerful. Yeah. If you don't, think you can have something, then your subconscious isn't going to try to help you to create that. Mm. But if you if you just get yourself out of the way and, and you don't even have to be like, I want this or I don't want this, just allow it. You know, just allowing that picture to be on my wall, like, oh, maybe someday I could have this mm. was enough. It's and- almost like that quote 
you know, the, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? Yeah. So it's almost mm-hmm. like going there yep. and it's like, okay, if I couldn't fail, this is what I would do. This is what I would have. This is what I would be like. Uh, and it's like, it's mind expanding. Yeah, it really I'm is. I'm not there yet. Cause I would be surfing hurricane, like, <laughs> big waves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can bring that in there. But yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, every, every year it gets a little better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And there's, I think there's something to that too, is like, even, even if I won't, like I might put on there, I want a, sur- a picture of a guy surfing a giant 40 foot wave. I'm not going to do that, mm-hmm. but I want to be more like that guy. Like yeah. I want to be more like fearless. That. Right. So mm-hmm. sometimes it's okay to put, I think the aspirational stuff, Yeah. you know, there's people I follow online. I'm a big believer in following people on social media that you don't necessarily want to be like, but they're the extreme version of who you want to be like, Mm. because like, I don't need to be like them, but I need to be a little more like them. Yeah. Like, I don't like everything they do, but I want to be a little more like that. You could look at like politically or spiritually or whatever. I'm like, I would not want to be that guy, but I like that he does that. And he, by following that, I start picking up on some of their vibes and start going that way. I really love that because so many people look at it differently. They look at people like that. They're successful, whatever mm-hmm. we were talking about earlier, and they'll make an instant judgment on that person. Yeah, and yeah. they'll be like, you know, they're they're not a good person or they're greedy or whatever it is. It's like, so I love that. It's because then you're turning that instead, instead of envy, you're looking at the inspiration out of it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, I um, did a vision board back, uh, call it 10 years ago now, my wife and I, and we just literally just took magazines. Uh, I think it was at a, maybe a mastermind of some kind. And we just took magazines, a big pile of them, cut out pictures, put them on the thing. And we weren't like, we didn't focus that much on it. We had it sitting on the wall for a few months, maybe a year, put it away. And then I'm like, you know, didn't really look at it for a long time. And then, yeah, I found a picture recently where I took of it. We'd thrown it away when we moved to Hawaii. And but I found a picture recently and I was just like, my jaw dropped at how many things had come true. I mean, even there's like a picture of my backyard garden and it was yeah. like, that's my backyard garden. I had no memory of it being on that vision board. And how long like, ago was the vision like, board? So I made the vision board like 10 years ago. 10 years and then ago, like, okay. you know, yeah. three years ago, we built the garden Nice. and I hadn't looked at it for years before that, but there it was. And it said like a house with a view and like my house has a view. And it was a, had a picture of like my wife, but just, uh, it said like, there's always time for pie. And it was like, now we have on our wall. And again, like, like there's a giant sign in our kitchen just says pie, like one of those big cutout letters. <laughs> thing. And she, she loves making pie. So it's just like, yeah, it was, it was fun, but it also shows like, yeah, you've made it real. And it is a simple practice that any, especially like couples, I love doing, I love doing it with my wife. Mm. Cause it was like, yeah, this is a cool thing for us to co- conversate about. Conversate a word or to make it I think one. it is actually. Converse, maybe? Converse? <laughs> no, no I, I think like it is. I, I thought it wasn't, but then I, I looked it up because I was going to use it and I'm like, is it a word? Conversate. All right. We're gonna, yeah, you can couple okay, things. Now it is. <laughs> now it, it is. is now. Conversate about con- convert. Yeah, now I, I looked it up. Alex is saying, no, it's not a, it's not a word. I don't know. <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> uh, conver- here, watch this. Is conversate a word? I found this on the web. Conversate is a non-standard verb that means to have a conversation. There we go. The standard verb is that the one that you should use if you want to be correct is converse. Converse. <laughs> <laughs> so conversate is an informal ISO word, but we're all right. I guess yeah. that's what we're going with. It's the moral of the story. <laughs> anyway, so it's a great practice to get into. What are, let's, let's dive into that. What are other things you guys do as a married couple? to stay aligned on your vision, on your goals, on your business, things like that. Hmm. Every year we uh, get together as a family with the kids and just l- review the year before, what were the highlights, mm. what were the personal things that we improved in our lives, the theme of the year. Rich leads us through this, but we we review because so often you'll go through life and not really look back at how far you've come or or what you really gained or you know what wasn't working mm-hmm. and and then be able to take that into the next year by you know looking at that and saying oh I want to do more of this I was more confident last year I want to even be more confident and it would look like 
this. Or, you know, the theme of this year, I want to be uh, more freedom or more being more present with my kids or whatever it is, and and doing that as a family. And then also having our whole family be involved in, in that vision, but also in the house rules. Because yeah. I know that sounds weird. We don't have little kids anymore, but they're grown-up kids and they're the awesome. Like they turned child. out and they're, 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 we're so close to them. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is the greatest yeah. wealth. Yeah, I would love to take out on more parenting stuff, but I want to take a quick side detour uh, because one thing I always try to do towards being the show is we we have a sponsor of each show. But one thing unique that we do on the show is every guest uh, gets to pick where all the ad revenue from that episode goes. So any ad revenue we generate uh, and, and goes towards a charity of your choosing. So Incredible. It, yeah, what breaks your guys' heart? I mean, what do you want to support, whether it's an actual charity or just a cause that you both care about? What do you guys feel there? I just... I, it's so cool that you asked that. I, I, I jumped in because I knew Rich was going to say some organizations that we already donate to. Yeah. But the one that I really would like to funnel some money to is is an orphanage that our daughter, our youngest daughter, found on her trip in Asia. Mm. She went to Cambodia, and many Cambodia is one of the poorest countries in the in the yeah. world. And during the pandemic, the orphanages weren't getting any more funding, and she went and worked at one, fell in love with these children, and the owner said. I'm going to have to send them back on the street. Wow. He He's like, we can't continue funding it. So she started doing fundraisers to keep the doors open, but it would sure be nice to send them a little bit more money because yeah. they, they had to stop the school that they had. They were taking in all the kids and teaching them. So right. to me, it would be helping Krista. I think that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. She's got such a big heart and these kids just loved her. The photos of them all like just mobbed around her oh, and yeah. all that stuff. Couldn't speak and, the same language at all, but it didn't matter. They were playing games and <laughs> yeah. they just love her. Yeah, and they're truly kids who... You know, life has been hard for them without parents and, and all that. It's yeah. like, yeah they're, yeah, they're doing their best. Yeah, really good. We'll put a link to the actual, the, you know, the, the the place so people can also donate, but then Love we'll that. donate all the revenue from this to that. That's, a, that's good. That's wonderful. With, yeah. So with that, cue the ad. Hey, yo, it's Brandon. This is that ad spot we mentioned earlier. Like you heard, 100% of this week's ad revenue is going toward a charity of the guest choosing. So here's that ad spot. By listening, you're making a real financial impact on the world. Today's sponsor is the Real Estate Investing Summit in Maui. Yeah, that's actually the conference I'm throwing here in Hawaii. It's going to be a two-day in-person event at the Grand Hyatt in Kanapali, Hawaii on Maui, May 22nd and 23rd, 2023. This is a dual track event, which means we're going to have Two tracks at one time, one for new investors, one for experienced investors, and you can pick whatever one you want to go to. We got speakers lined up like David Green, host of the Bigger Pockets podcast, Jay Papazan, investor and author of The One Thing, uh, Wendy Papazan, Tarl Yarber, AJ Osborne, Rich and Kathy Fetke, Brian Burke, and me, of course, and a whole lot more. And while this event is part of the accountability mastermind I run called the Better Life Tribe, we're actually opening up the few remaining tickets for the general population right now. So yeah, that actually means you can come if you hurry and uh, get your tickets. And you should, if you want to lean into investing in real estate to fund your future, you'll network with speakers and attendees. You'll get a ton of knowledge and wisdom about strategies and tactics that are working now. And you'll make some great friends at the same time. Now, look, we only have 300 total spots for the event. This is not one of those huge two, 3,000 person conferences where you get lost in the crowd. This is intimate, powerful, and life-changing. But because it's small, it's also going to sell out quick. So for more information, if you want to come, I'd love to have you. Go to reimaui.com. Again, that is reimaui.com. It's kind of a cool idea, right? Because like then the guests that we have on the show is incentivized. When we get big guests, they're because the more downloads of the show, the more 
money that it generates for ad revenue for and the sure. more money they give. So they are, in, like all of our guests are incentivized to oh, promote the show. That's really good. Oh, and because all the revenue goes, right? So I thought it was kind so of a cool. smart. Yeah, so if we get, you know, like a, you know, a Matthew wow. McConaughey where he knows that like people, like the advertisers paying per, you know, thousand views mm. or whatever of the show, like they're going to want to, oh, wait, if I pump this and get a million people, that's going to generate, you know, 50 grand or a hundred grand. Wow. Like that, it's kind of a cool, like. Or something that's close yeah. to his heart. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Yeah. Say, yeah. So it's a, it's a oh. neat, like, yeah, I don't know anybody else in the podcast world doing that. I don't I've never heard of it. So we Sweet. made it up. So anyway. <laughs> all right. All right. So let's go back to parenting stuff because you guys have, uh, what, what's your two kid? daughters? Two daughters. Mm-hmm. All right. Daughters, and they, they three year old grandson. Okay. Yeah. And they seem great. Like I've heard amazing stories. So you guys talk. <laughs> so as somebody, I ask this every guest because this is near and dear to my heart. And a lot of our listeners are also people with young kids. As somebody with younger kids, what advice do you have for me? I got a three year old and a six year old. Like we're in it right now. Yeah. You're in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for me, number one is complete openness. Like you can tell me anything and I'm not going to get upset. I'm not going to judge you. I'm just, I want to hear it. I want to learn. And to this day, our daughters have been completely open. They tell me more than sometimes I want to know what I'm ready for. But, but it's been, I would say that's the the, the biggest thing is that complete openness of no judgment. Because, you know, our daughters would come home from school and say, you know, my friend doesn't tell her parents any of this stuff mm. and she's doing all this stuff behind the scenes, yeah. you know, whatever it is, drinking or partying or, you know, early sex, sex or whatever, yeah. you know, and we were so open that, you know, our daughters didn't tell us everything. Yeah. Well, and, and those kids would come over because they wanted someone, they wanted advice, but they couldn't go to their parents because it wouldn't, mm. wouldn't be a safe yeah, place for them. that was huge. So I, uh, you know, my daughter would have sleepovers with seven or eight girls and we'd sit in a circle and they just wanted advice. It was wow. like Kathy time. Yeah, it was wow. really sweet. Yeah, Kathy. Really be in bed with all of them there. I'm in this big circle. Oh, that's so beautiful. And like these girls were so young and, you know, they would say, well, this boy wants me to do this thing. And if I do it, then I'll be his girlfriend. And I was like, huh, Mm -hmm. do you want to do that thing? No. (laughs) Um, Well, why don't you, you know, just wait and and see if you'll be his girlfriend first and then you can consider that. So she's like, oh, okay, I'll ask him. (laughs) Next day, she's like, nope, he doesn't want (laughs) Like, Okay, well, you got your answer. You know, they just need someone to talk to. Yeah, you yeah. know, yeah, growing up, I never, like, none of my three siblings, me and three siblings, we never once ever talked about crushes or like girls we liked or, you know, a guy that my sister liked. And I never had that conversation. We never had those with my parents. And I don't know why. I, I sometimes, you know, speculate is it because, like, as a kid, they teased us, like, in, in like, you know, lightly, you know, like, oh, you got a girlfriend, you know, like, yeah. when you're five, right? One little comment. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, Brendan's got a girlfriend, like, with the little kid at daycare. Did that cut that i bet it did so i'm like one thing i'm trying to do is being very careful with rosie and wilder to like never tease them about a boy or girl because mm. i want them coming to me because i never came to my parents yeah uh, with any of it I mean, yeah i, I think that's it no matter what mm. they tell you yeah. yeah no matter what they say it's just like oh tell me more you ask questions yeah. and yeah i think that's big and i i think another thing is to just understand that children need attention so badly mm. there are studies that show that if a baby has all the things it physically needs, food, warmth, but doesn't have attention and touch and love, they, they can die. Yeah. Even if they have all, all the physical needs. Mm-hmm. So your kids are going to do whatever it takes to get attention. Yeah. And if that means being bad, and that's the only way they can get your attention, they're going to be extra bad. 
So what we have to learn as parents is to give them the good, positive reinforcement attention. We would, Rich would take each of our daughters, well, we both would, on mommy or daddy daughter dates. Just one kid, one parent, go away for the weekend and have incredible one-on-one time where you're completely devoted to them. There's nothing else distracting you. And that is like food. That's food for a wife too. Yeah. And yeah. for a yeah. husband, yeah. I'm sure that's one of the big things Rich has learned is that yeah. I just need attention. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and going places where there's no cell signal is really mm, good. Yeah. You know, we go to Joshua Tree and camp out mm-hmm. under the stars and have these great conversations and there's there's no desire to yeah. there's no ability to yeah, get on the ability. phone. Yeah. And I would do the same. We would just I would just get in the car and I'd be like, hey, the, we'll go wherever the car takes us. Yeah. And we end up in some cool place once it was Yosemite. Oh, that's so, cool. But yeah, just being very conscious of the kind of attention you're giving your child. Is it a constant discipline? Is it a constant telling you what to do? Or is it is 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 it at least combined with positive stuff? Like, hey, let's play this game or tell me about your day and really listen, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, that's really good. What about like the transfer of knowledge of wealth? I mean, you guys teach wealth. Like you guys are some of the best in the planet for like showing <laughs> people how to build wealth and you help people through your business. We can get into that in a little bit, but what about your kids? Like, did you, how, how much did you push that? How much did you push the idea of real estate or business? And how much did you just let them figure it out on their own? I mean, I could say with our older daughter, we didn't have wealth. So it was, okay, yeah. it was a little bit, challenging because we lived in a wealthy neighborhood Mm -hmm. and her friends had nice things that, you know, she wanted too. Um, But when she was very little, when you have little ones and you take them into the store, they want everything, right? So we learned early on that, you know, don't don't say no, no, it makes them want it more, but just like, sure, how could you have that? How, mm-hmm. Let me show you how you could have that. Let's look at this. This is this is how much this costs and really help them understand. And then we would give them money. It would be like, here's a dollar. You get to spend this dollar and help them understand the value of it and how far it could go. Remember, remember Disneyland? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's perfect. And so I would say it's not so much lessons in wealth. It was lessons in entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. It was how to be entrepreneurial, how to think different. We never tried to support the thing of just getting a job yeah. to get a paycheck. Yeah. So, and you know, our daughters are very entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. It's really cool to see it, how that's it plays cool. out. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's the same thing. Like Disneyland, you have all intentions of having a good time, but then mm-hmm. you bring your kids there and you're like, well, this isn't fun at all. Yeah. They want everything, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we would, you know, again, when they're little, it's harder, but they can they can grasp it a little bit. With Karina, she, she had to have been, I don't know, six or seven at the time when we went to Disneyland and we really literally had no money. So it yeah. wasn't like yeah. we were just being mean. It was yeah, just like, I'm right, sorry, yeah. we were, you're rules. lucky you have a ticket, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it was like, we were able to, I think maybe even a grandparent gave $50. So it was like, honey, this $50 has got to last you three days at Disneyland. Mm. And and, and you know, within within an hour, you know, she found a Barbie she wanted and, and it was $50. <laughs> and it's like, honey, this is, this is all you're going to get. And she was like, that's fine. <laughs> she yeah. throws it in the air and it breaks. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> whipping, whipping it up in the air and she catching it. She was so it. happy. <laughs> she oh, she caught it great until she didn't. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. But she understood. Like, now yeah. I can't really ask for anything else. I spent it. Yeah. You know. We went to Disney World last year with Rosie. She was five. Because uh, she doesn't, she didn't understand money enough yet. Today, she might actually understand dollars a little more, but she didn't understand it. So we instead would give her like three coins, and we were just like, you know, those like little like you make a penny out of the little crank thing. Yeah, yeah. So we give her like 
three of those. Mm-hmm. And we're like, this is all you get for the day. And each one will buy you one special small thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that small thing could be an ice cream cone or it could be a little tiny toy, you know, something like, like, you uh, know, cause e- I mean, really every one of those is like 20 bucks anyway, but like, <laughs> no we're kidding. like, you get three little things a day. And so she had to learn how to budget it. Like if she wanted ice cream, if she wanted a, a snow cone, whatever the thing is. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was fun to watch her brain. Like, yeah, try to work that through because she wasn't used to that where she got to make the decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, that's something I'm going to try to implement more and more of. Like, in fact, we're going to start, I never wanted to give her an allowance, but now we're going to start doing the, you know, these are chores that you can earn money. Like, these are free ones and these are paid ones. Mm-hmm. And starting even at now she's six, almost seven. Yeah, just trying to learn, you know, how to balance between wanting to earn more and then not have to work too much and play more. And yeah, I think it's I love that. Powerful. You posted something a while ago, it must've been a year ago, something about, paying your kid to finish a book. Yeah. 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 I thought yeah. that was great. I'm like, if I could go back, I yeah. definitely would have done that with our kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah I will know. pay my kid to read Rich Dad, Poor Dad for sure. Yeah. Like write a book report on Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, to yeah, really like internalize that. it. So yeah. I think that's like really this, valuable. Yeah. They need to have that mindset shift. They're mm-hmm. not going to, they're not going to read it anyway, like for that. a while until, until you pay them and then maybe, maybe they will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Patrick Blake David said something about that too recently where like that was their allowance was like every book they read they got a little bit of money. I think so. it's really smart. Yeah. 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 And w- one other thing I thought was really cool, because Krista tells us this, when we moved to Malibu, uh, suddenly she was with the wealthiest people in the world. Yeah. And uh, the first, I think the first day she came home, she's like, mom, <laughs> how many houses do we have? And I'm like, <laughs> well, I mean, are you trying to compare with your friends here in Malibu? Like mm-hmm. how many houses they have? And she's like, yeah, because I want to go. I told them we have 14. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, did you tell them they were like $50,000 houses yeah, in yeah. Ohio? <laughs> She's like, no. And we just sat her down. We go, honey, you're never going to win this game yeah. in Malibu. You are never going to be the richest girl here. Mm-hmm. And you're never going to be able to impress these kids with the clothes that you wear and the places you go and the houses you have and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen. But you can develop other things that will be really impressive, like your sense of humor, mm-hmm. um, your your athleticism, your your kindness, how much you can raise for charities, because actually Malibu High has a huge charitable program. And, you know, just the, how, how you could be the best person you can be. That's yeah. how you'll win that game. But yeah. you're not going to win it by having better shoes. Yeah. And then you can't win it. Like there's always somebody better. You never win it. Yeah. So that's, that's, I remember some of those lessons. It was, it's like what gets acknowledged gets repeated, right? Mm -hmm. So we would often look and always look for, you know, what is it that, what's that character that is standing out right now and acknowledging that, like Mm -hmm. you're such a giver or you're so creative or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that was huge. Yeah. Yeah. One of the uh, best piece of parenting advice I ever got, and it wasn't, he wasn't even giving me advice, but he was talking about his kids when he, he's got two young boys. And every time he'd go to parent teacher conferences, the teacher would want to lay into like, you know, this is what he's doing in science. This is what he's struggling in reading here, like both the kids. And he'd always be like, nah, I don't care. Mm. How's their character? Like, Mm. tell me about their character in school. Like, are they kind? Are they loving? Are they like, that's the only thing I care about. And that stuck with me. I mean, probably 10 years ago, I heard that before I had kids. It's always stuck with me is like, what's their character? Cause that's going to develop because they're grit strong. Like those are things we want to acknowledge and reward and lean into. I don't care if they can't read it six, they'll read at seven. Like it doesn't, doesn't really bother me. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't matter. So yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of wealth, 
Uh, you wrote a book, Rich, on wealth. It's <laughs> called The Wise Investor, a modern parable about creating financial freedom and living your best life. And uh, I'm actually on the back cover because I read it and it was phenomenal. Yeah, you were one of the first readers, yeah. a beta reader for feedback. So. Yeah, and I'm right mm. below Robert Kiyosaki, which is a good place to be. <laughs> Two legends. Ah, I love it. Uh, tell me about the book. Tell me why you wrote it. Who's it for? What's it about? You know, I had written a couple nonfiction books and I read a stat about nonfiction books that it's like 86% of people do not finish them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I don't want to write another book <laughs> like that. Yeah. So, uh, and people finish stories. So I wanted mm-hmm. to write a compelling story that would pull people in and teach lessons at the same time. So that's why I went with the parable and the lessons are all everything that we've learn from the last 25 years running our company, interviewing people about how do they create wealth in their lives and how do they live with what we call real wealth, which yeah. is more than just money. It's like, you know, the whole thing to have living a better life. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's what real wealth really is. So it's, I just wanted to weave all those uh, together in a story that was going to be compelling that people wanted to, you know, turn the pages and finish the book. Yeah, so that's really basically good. it tells that story of a kind of a struggling 40-something family man who has no time for his kids or his wife or his life. It's a common and, uh, tale. Then he right? meets a wise mentor who yeah. shows him a new way to create wealth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what is, what is, I mean, you said real wealth is more than money. Mm-hmm. Uh, how would you define real wealth? Yeah, why don't you define real wealth? Uh, well, we've mm-hmm. always defined it as, well, let me, let me start with, we having lived in high net worth areas, our kids would tell us, what it was really like in some of those homes. In fact, almost all of the homes um, where the kids wouldn't talk to their parents and yeah. they they couldn't even find their parents. Their houses were so big, yeah. you know, yeah. and they were we raised by, yeah. by nannies and, and their mother never yeah. cooked for them. And our little tiny place was always full of kids and I would make them food and they just thought that was amazing. That, that the mother would be feeding yeah, them, yeah. you know? Huh. So, you know, wealth is not that. It's yeah. not a, a big empty house with unhappy children. Mm. <laughs> you know, that's, that's not wealth. Wealth, we've had people come to, to real wealth who all they wanted was maybe this one guy just wanted to be an artist. Yeah. He just wanted to spend his day doing art. And so when we sat with him, it's like, well, what are your expenses? What's it going to take for you to do that? It was like two, two, 2500 a month was all he needed to live his dream. Yeah. So it's not about the money. It's about how much time can you free up to live life the way that you want. To mm. me, that that's what real wealth is. And, and he considered himself financially free immediately. He was able to get the right assets that would give him enough passive income to be able to create art all day. Yeah. You know, to be job yeah. optional. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. And, you know, and for me, when that it was the reason we call our company real wealth was the reason it was formed was I had six, I was diagnosed with cancer mm. and they told me I had six months to live. They oh, thought geez. melanoma had spread to my liver. Uh, thankfully they were wrong. It was a false positive, they call it a false oh. diagnosis. But I went for three months not knowing if I was gonna be alive for six months. We had a 10 year old daughter, a three year old daughter. So it really rocked our world. And that's what, that was the impetus for Kathy to say, what am I gonna do here if Rich dies? Yeah. So she sought out mentors and found out about real estate investing and said, this is what I can do. So that was kind of the birth of our company, Real Wealth. And so we wove that into the fabric of the company is it's not just about making money, it's having the time to be able to be with your kids, to be with your family. When you have enough money, it's you don't come from a place of scarcity. Yeah. You come from a place of abundance and you are a, you're a better parent, you're a better human. You know, I think it's that's really big. Yeah. So that's, it was like purpose driven. So that's what we're about. We're helping people. I love that. I love real it. wealth. Well, I want to, I want to dig into how you built that all, but before I can't, I can't leave that situation of like, I mean, 
thinking you might die, mm. right? Like, where, like, what was going through your head? I mean, like, like, were you mad at the world, angry at God, you know, like that whole thing? Like, or were you part accepting of it? it? Like, yeah, how, where were you at? Uh, it Mentally. was painful. It was like, I remember leaving the doctor's office after I met with an oncologist and yeah. he just, he looked down at his file and he goes, yeah, it looks like it's spread to your liver. And I said, mm -hmm. what does that mean? He said, you probably have six months to live. And I just, I left his office and I remember driving along and this wave came over me and I just started punching my steering wheel mm -hmm. with tears, you know, screaming. Just, I can't say what I said there, yeah. you know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was really, it started with anger. Yeah, anger yeah. and I don't believe this. And I came home and walked in to the kitchen and I had tears in my eyes and Kathy's just like, what's what's the matter? He's like, I only cry if I'm happy, you know? <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it was, it was a lot of fear. Then I started just going to the belief of, like most of the time I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get over this. I'm gonna, you know, take that. I'm gonna fight this and yeah. we're gonna win and everything. Yeah. But then I would still have that little voice that would be like, but you're not gonna see your daughter grow up. You know, oh. you're not gonna, you know, your daughter's, you know, you're not gonna see your daughters get married. You're not gonna have, see your grandkids, all that stuff. So then that would hit home. So yeah, it was, it was pretty painful. Yeah, we have a friend who's, he calls himself a healer. And uh, I just thought, let's just have a session with Rich. And, you know, he sat with Rich and this is, this is stuff actually that Rich was teaching that he forgot for a moment. And this <laughs> yeah, guy remind, yeah, yeah. reminded him and he just looks at Rich and he goes, how much of you believes that you're going to live? Mm. And what'd you say? I said like, yeah, 70% of the time I feel I'm going to make this, I'm going to get through it. But 30% of the time, I, I think I'm going to die. And he goes, mm. that 30% <laughs> is killing you. Oh yeah, he said it in such not like that, yeah. but a very powerful, <laughs> powerful voice was booming, and it was just like he knows that. It's yeah. like you got to be a hundred percent. He in, said from this point you know? forward, whenever that little voice comes in and says you're going to die, he said, mm. "Nope, I'm a hundred percent. I'm going to be well. This is going to be fine." And it was amazing. It was like the energy of that thirty percent thinking I was going to die was actually destroying me yeah, and it was pulling me down. And whenever that would come up after that talk with Greg, I was just like, no, I'm gonna be good. I'm gonna yeah. be good. And it just shifted my energy. Mm. It had me be more present with my family. I wasn't, what was me? And yeah, and then I got the great news after a PET scan, I had to wait, I did an ultrasound, a CT scan, and eventually a PET scan, which is the most advanced scan yeah. for cancer. And it came back and said, you're cancer free. So they think it's just clusters of blood vessels that showed up on the ultrasound wow. and CT scan. As far as the metastasis, yeah, yeah. Like he, right, yeah. they cut out the, the rest of yeah. the Yeah, the melanoma, melanoma. they removed it from my skin, but yeah. yeah, they had thought it had spread to my liver, so. How'd you celebrate that? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I was just, I was actually at a Christian retreat with Kathy's dad mm. and brothers and everything. And uh, I didn't grow up Christian. I was yeah. just like, I'm gonna try this. I'm yeah, gonna, yeah, yeah. So I was there, we were doing more prayers and everything. And we were actually all in a room together and my phone rang and I said, excuse me guys, I gotta step outside. And I got the note, the news. So I was just like, whoa, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah so we just celebrated. I, I called my mom first because yeah. she was the most freaked. Yeah. So I called her and just let her know. And then I called Kathy and yes, cele celebrated with tears and yep. you know, I'm just happy. Yeah. Well, there, there's a, there's a passage somewhere in the Bible. I don't even know what, what book it's in where they, I think it's Jesus saying, when you, when you ask for something, like ask like with a hundred percent confidence. Mm. They were saying the same Ooh, exact same thing. like. So wow. this is like this goes back thousands of years of like yeah. like don't doubt like you like, expect it, mm. receive it. Like this that's is like faith, ask. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's faith. It's right. like I'm going to, and it doesn't always that's work faith. out that way. Mm -hmm. But there's something 
magical, mystical, spiritual, whatever, about that unwavering faith. Mm. It says, no, this I am going to be okay, 100% okay. Especially when your whole self is aligned with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Greg said he saw it leave. Mm. Like he he said it it left because there was no room for it anymore. Yeah. Like Ooh, he had made goosebumps. that shift. Mm, yeah. And mm. I, at the same time, was having that with money mm. because I didn't, I somehow wasn't worried. Like yeah. I just, I'm like, look at him, you know, like he, he jumps yeah. off bridges <laughs> yeah. and he, you know, he's doing surfing hurricane waves and jumping off rocks. I mean, I was like, no way is a freckle going to take it. Yeah. So it's take him away from me. So I just didn't believe it at all. Yeah. And I refused to let myself go there. But I also knew that he needed space and he had been the breadwinner. I'd been the stay-at-home mom. And I just, I remember sitting with our friends and it was New Year's Eve and we were all toasting. And I had that same 100% moment of like going from complete doubt, like, what do I know about money? And how we just bought a house that was $4,000 a month. Now that's like probably 12,000 a month today, you know, and it was nothing I could, I could pay. It was our first house. It was our first house. Uh, it's just like, I don't know how to do this. And mm-hmm. I, all that doubt was eating me up too, of how am I going to take care of my family during yep. this time? And I don't want to be working a full-time job away from him, you know, if the doctor was right, which yep. I didn't believe he was right. But I remember same thing. We toasted and I had that same like 100%, mm. I'm going to figure this out and I will be wealthy. Yeah. It wasn't, it, there was zero doubt. Like, I got this. And same thing, shivers down my body, no room for doubt. And every now and then I feel like I'm an eagle. I feel like I'm a human bird, like just going, don't look down. Yep. <laughs> just don't look down. Mm. Just don't look back. You got this. Yeah, you know? that's, that's so good. <laughs> you know, one of my uh, performance my performance coach, Jason Drees, has this thing, and I'll probably butcher it, but he basically says most people in the world, they ask how to do something and then they decide and then they commit to doing it uh, if they're going to. Once they've, they've figured out the how and they're like, all right, am I going to do that? Yes, I'll do it. Now I'm committed. He says, just like to reverse that, yes. like commit first. Like, yeah. I'm going to do it. That's yeah. what you did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. I'm like, yeah. We're going to do it. We're going to be wealthy. Yeah, yeah. Because now you're operating from a frame or a framework that says, I'm going to like, I'm already doing it. Like I'm committed to it. I've decided. Okay. Now I'm going to figure out how, like, yeah. And, and if you, if you start from that, like, oh, is it possible? I'm not really sure. Yeah. I want to be wealthy. Like, you know, that's cool. Yeah. You're, you're never going to do it. Yeah. And everything aligns with yeah. that vision yes. when you're a hundred percent. Yeah. Cause I think it changes your identity a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm a, I'm a wealthy person. I just haven't got the money yet. Yeah. You know, it's like. It, get, it changes your energy, which yeah. it changes who you're attracted to and who's mm-hmm. attracted to you. The people that you meet, everything changes. Well, yeah. You, I, I do believe we attract similar energy. Yeah. So if we're if we're doubtful or unsure, we're going to probably attract doubtful people or doubtful situations, you yeah, know. So true. Yeah. yeah. And the sh- and it shifted so it was like that curse turned into a blessing. Yeah. Like the curse of that is what got Kathy to be like, what am I going to do? Yep. That turned us on to real estate investing. We mm-hmm. started to invest. But the real wealth that we made was when we started to serve others to help them create yeah. wealth. And we started to help people get into investment properties and teach them yeah. financial intelligence and all that. So yeah. That, so let's talk about that. What is Real Wealth Network? How does that like work? Let's talk about that journey and what do you guys do and uh, how do you help people and how do you make money yourself doing it? Sure. Well, to put, there's different parts of it. I mean, we started, you know, this is 20 years ago yeah. when there was still 25, left, 25 years wow. ago. Yeah. When we we're doing <laughs> oh, that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So there was so many of these real estate clubs with the back of the room sales gurus oh, yeah, yeah. and everything. And so yeah. we decided that back then to be the anti-guru Yeah. and just every, all you were our doing educa- that before bigger pockets made it cool. Yeah. Everything's free. Our live events are yeah. free. Um, webinars are free. 
And but the way we monetize it is we would refer people to property teams and brokers around the country so yeah. they could acquire rental properties, Love one that. to four units mostly. And so I'm a broker, so we get a broker to broker referral fee, just like yep. any real estate transaction. So we started to do that. That was the that was the beginning of the business. And and we still do that today. We help a lot of people get into single families. And then we started to syndicate in 2010. You might as well. Won't you? Uh... Yeah, I mean, you know, at the beginning of it all, it was kind of my desperate attempt to understand wealth, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And I, I had a background in broadcasting. I'd been in uh, working in newsrooms before I became a stay-at-home mom, but I still wanted to be plugged into that world. So I still had a weekend radio show, and I don't think it was very good. I don't <laughs> think I had a very good audience. I would take like a headline news story and just ramble about mm-hmm. it. <laughs> um, so, but then I was like okay, for this mission, I am now going to discover what I don't know about wealth, what other people, I didn't know anyone who was wealthy. I didn't know how that world worked. So I just started interviewing uh, people who were creating wealth. So it it, it started somewhat selfishly, like I want to learn this. And then all of a sudden our phones were ringing. Like there was this whole audience who also wanted to learn it. So in those early days, it was just really cool because we were learning together. I would bring in a guest. I'd be like, what? I didn't know you could finance. Back then it was like, no money down, unlimited uh, investment yeah. properties. Yes, please. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, so there was, it, you know, you could fix your credit. I didn't know that. Wait, you can get asset protection. Amazing. Wait, someone pays off your debt for you. How can this be? You know, just like every single day, you know, the feeling mm. just being mind blown. Yep. And as I was mind blown, so was our audience. And it just kept growing that way. Mm. Yeah. And then syndications. Well, and then with Mm -hmm. syndications, so the show grew, well, right around whenever podcasts came out at 2005, something like that. I was doing the radio show and Rich had his little iPod and, um, you know, I always thought like, what do you need that for? You can listen to music on a CD, right? Yeah. But he loved his iPod. And <laughs> and, uh, and I was so mad because it was like 300 bucks, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Who needs this? <laughs> Who needs this? Yeah. But it ended up that he got a little message on his iPod and it, it said, you you know, podcast. It was this new thing. And you could upload your shows. So he's like, oh, let's try it. So he'd upload my radio show, commercials and all, you yeah. know, right right straight from the, from the radio. The CD, yeah. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, those are the first complaints I had is like, why don't, why don't you edit out the commercials? Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know how. <laughs> yeah. But suddenly overnight, because Rich did that, I had listeners worldwide. Hmm. And so then right around 2009, when when U.S. real estate was at, you know, at the lowest, right? Yeah. Uh, values had just tanked. A listener from Australia heard my podcast and called and said, you know, we, our Aussie dollar has doubled and strength and the US dollar had gone down and mm-hmm. US real estate was in some cases down 75%. Yeah. So Aussies could come in and get stuff for like 10 cents on the dollar. Yeah. So they flew us out the, like the next month. Next thing I know, we were standing and speaking in front of a room with a thousand Australians mm-hmm. begging to take our their money. Mm-hmm. They're like, just to take our money and buy us stuff. And we're like, I, I don't think that's how it works. Um, so then we ended up, um, then at the same time, a developer had been listening to the podcast. It all came from the podcast. And he said, I'm going into banks and we're finding stuff for 10 cents on the dollar. Can you raise money? I'm like, I got Australians throwing money at me. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so I, we hired an attorney, figured out the SEC thing. I was one of the first to, to be doing it and just started buying up land and developments that 
we're seventy percent complete, but mm. the bank just failed. Well, that's yep. sort of a theme these days. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the and the you know the construction loans that the builders were depending on were suddenly not there. It was crazy times, but those all went to the FDIC, and we were able to pick them up for for so cheap. Yeah. Oh, that's how. That's when we started syndicating. Started syndicating. Learned yeah. learned a lot of hard lessons. Yeah, yeah. Made made huge returns. Made no returns. I mm -hmm. mean, there was it was the wild wild west. But you know, being being out the gate first, sometimes you're the one who gets to gets to learn yeah. the hard way. Yeah, so. I'm here to teach people how not to do it the hard way now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Lessons learned. So that's. I mean, that's basically what we do at Real Wealth. Yeah, we help people get into investment properties and also the syndication things and. Uh, and then just this year, we just started to do some, everyone's been asking us for masterminds yep. for years, just because our coaching background and everything. So this year we finally done two masterminds, oh, which is cool. really fun. It's yeah, just amazing fun? to yeah. see people just grow. You know, I was always such a one-on-one -on -one coach. Mm -hmm. And even when Kathy said, we should do a mastermind here and we've got the perfect space for it. I was like, oh, I don't know. I'm one-on-one -on -one coach, you know, and, yeah. uh, but it was like, it felt like one-on-one -on -one coaching, you know, because yeah. you just connect to that one person in, in each conversation. It's yeah. so fun to see people just transform before your yeah. very eyes. Mm -hmm. I had one woman at, uh, so I have a women's syndication mastermind because there's so many syndication masterminds for men. Yeah. And it's just a different vibe, right? I mean, we're, it was a group of women, so we could just cry a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we did. But one, one um, just for whatever reason, she didn't feel worthy of telling her story and she's like, I turn down podcasts all the time. I, what do I have to say? Mm -hmm. Like, what do you mean? What do you have to say? By the end, she was so transformed. She sends us. She ends up sending us. Look, I'm on this podcast. I'm on this. Oh, they cool. love my yeah, story. I, so cool. It's just beautiful. Yeah, and that's going to be a large oversimplification and uh, stereotype. But uh, it seems like so many men are like, I'm not that good at that, but I'm going to go tell everybody how like about it. And then a lot of women are like awesome at something. They're like, ah, what do I have to share? Right. Yeah. Like, like it's just, it's just even her. Yeah. It's so, like, yeah. yeah. I've, I've, All the time. Know, I've seen yeah. it. Well, yeah. maybe you can speak, uh, Kathy, to the women that are listening to this. Like, how can they gain more confidence to know that they are worthy and deserving to share their story mm. and like that they're, they're valuable and that they can change lives with their story? How can they, how can they, how do you encourage that? It's, it's why I'm doing masterminds for women now, because it just wasn't something that called me until recently, yeah. because I still am often the only woman on the stage. It's just yeah. bizarre to me. I would say that Rich has been an incredible partner to me in helping, not being threatened by me. I think that can happen a lot where women don't want their men to feel threatened, so they sometimes stay small. Mm. Um, so, you know, you, you need to work together as a couple. He's a big enough man that he's he wants me to be great. Yeah. You know, I can't say that for past relationships. So, you know, making sure that you're on the same page and that if that's the case, that there's enough counseling and therapy that you, there's space for you both to grow and be great. That's number one. And number two is, like I said, he's he's nurtured me in, in ways that women haven't been ever because we we weren't we, we, I was raised where it was almost my, my family thought it was sinful for me to be working and yeah. outside the house like yeah. my role was to be home with the children and obey my husband that's yeah. that's my background so all of a sudden life thrust me in this position where I needed to to take the reins you know and let him get better and and take over the money so it's like okay let's go and he would you know, I was afraid to even say my name at a dinner table party. Mm. Like that's how shy I was. Wow. If you can believe that, yeah, not at all, so, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I, I would be like the person who's like shaking and nervous and sweaty hands and everything just to say hi. I'm Kathy, mm. and so he put he signed us up for Toastmasters, 
And that was terrifying. But each week, you know, you you say one line and then you say a paragraph and then you get up and, <laughs> and you give a one minute speech. And each time it was scary. But with anything in life, if you just just inch, inch your way through it, you get better. Yeah. And again, that's been his coaching with me is it's just you don't have to be a great speaker overnight. Yeah. You just got to do a little bit every day. Do a little bit every day. So pretty soon after a year of Toastmasters, I was speaking at the convention in yeah. front of, and wow. I, I believe me, Amazing. I thought I was going to faint and throw up and sure. poop my pants and all that. <laughs> <laughs> just like, I don't know if Which I can do this. And I didn't. So that's been, that's just been kind of our theme is like, just doesn't have to be leaps and bounds. That's always fun, but yeah. that's, that's hard. Like we leaped and bounded into real estate. I think by our first time we purchased, it was like five houses, five mm, rental houses. And then we're like, oh, there's a lot to manage here. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be that. It can just be step-by-step. Step. So that's one, if you're afraid of doing anything, just find a coach or Toastmasters or something that allows you to practice in a safe way. That's so good. And that's true for, yeah, every area of life. You can find some organization, group, coach, person, partner, whatever, that can help you through that. Mm -hmm. But how many people in life are just like, no, I don't do this because of this. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, well, let's just change the this and then you can do that. You can do that, right? Yeah. yeah. But most majority of people just never even, you know, never think that way. And I mean, and like yeah. him, like I, he mentioned one day he wanted to play piano. So I mm. bought him a little, a little, was it like electronic piano? Keyboard, yeah. yeah. Keyboard thing um, for, for Christmas. And and I just thought, just like a lot of gifts, it'll sit there. Yeah. <laughs> it'll just get collect dust. Instead, like every day for the past 10 years, he plays the piano for 10 minutes. Yeah. Who doesn't have 10 minutes? Yep. You know, everyone has it. And he's a really good piano player now. I haven't touched the keyboard, mm -hmm. so I can't play. But if I just did 10 minutes, I'd be a great player. And I want to. So maybe I will after this. <laughs> yeah. But now we're doing Duolingo and learning language. Like yep, I'm like, I'm almost day. 60. What am I doing trying to learn a language? But if you <laughs> do it like 10 minutes a day, you could do it. Yeah. <laughs> One of the kind of the I, I call it core values, maybe of like the Better Life Tribe that we launched, we talk about this thing called tortoise power. And there's like, mm. you know, turtle power, ninja turtle. Yeah, but tortoise yeah. power is like tortoise in the hair. It's like, yeah, a little bit at a time. It's that same thought. Yeah. Like you don't need to drive, you know, you don't need to drive the football you know, Hail Mary every single play. Mm -hmm. Like if, if it, to go to the football metaphor, if every play you just went three yards, right? Because for those who are not football people, like, you know, every 10 yards, you basically start over. You have four more tries to get 10 yards. So if if every play, you just made it three yards, mm -hmm. you do a three, six, nine, 12, okay, you, you get to start over. So all you ever have to do, to, like if a team could just get three yards every single time they go, they would be undefeated, perfect team. They would never lose. Yeah. It would just be constant scoring because mm -hmm. you always get three yards. So yeah. yeah, people, I think, especially with real estate, you get this a lot, right? They see the social media, like a social media video. I've got 1,200 houses and five locations. You know what? Yeah, in three years. Yeah, in three years. Yeah, it's just like, oh, like, I remember Scott, do you remember, you know, Scott McGillivray, he owned, had income property on HGTV. You ever see that show? It was a show on HGTV called Income Property, right? Okay. They, it was all about house hacking, really, the idea of mm -hmm. um, turning your basement or, you know, attic into an, a rental unit. But I used to watch that show like 20 years ago. And every episode started with like, Scott McGillivray, and I'm probably saying his name wrong, like has 100 houses and blah, blah, blah. And every time I was like, that is impossible. Like that's <laughs> such an overwhelming thing to have a hundred prop or hundred units. He's probably a jerk. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah there's no way. Yeah. But then I realized like, yeah, if I was just like, instead of getting overwhelmed by that, if people just started thinking, what's my three yard play? Like, what is my, just drive the ball three yards. And it's probably as simple as pick up the phone and call a real estate agent. 
Like yeah. listen to a podcast, go to a real estate meetup. They're all little things. In fact, I like to say all success is a series of five minute tasks. Mm. Like all success is, no matter what it is, just yeah. like five minute things. Love that. Yeah. And if you do them consistently, tortoise power, yeah, yeah you get the results that I you want. Tortoise power. Yeah, That's tortoise great. power. I'm going to make t-shirts that, that yeah. are like, yeah, at least I don't know. I want to. Maybe they think I'm crazy on my team, but I want like the Ninja Turtles, but with Satan tortoise power. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Love it. All right. Question for you. Is wealth learnable? Like can people, is that yes. something you're just born with or can you learn? Oh yeah. I, I was not, I did not have a wealth mindset. Mm. I, I, you probably did. Um, I think I did, I, but uh, you know, I'm not sure. Like I started with like personal development tapes, just, you know, back okay, in the day yeah. with cassettes and everything. So I think that helped because, so I think I was absorbing it and learning it and, and seeing it in a different perspective, but yeah. Yeah. I just, I mean, I, I, I didn't come from lack. My dad was a dentist but he had five kids. And so there wasn't a lot left over. And I was the youngest of five. So I always had to hand me downs. And, you know, I just, I, I think I, I was coming from a scarcity mindset a lot, like yeah. fear-based, like, I don't know if I'll have enough. And I watched, I came from a generation where my mother and most women didn't work. And they were sort of very reliant on their husband. Even if they were in an unhappy marriage, they just had to put mm -hmm. up with it because they didn't they, they couldn't fend for themselves. And, and uh, so anyway, I didn't have one. And I, it became very clear one day when a friend of ours came just out of the blue and completely lit up our house for Christmas. It probably cost him 500 bucks. Yeah, it came they with a crew of guys. Crew of guys. Mm -hmm. They got ladders. They're lighting up our house. They drag a Christmas tree because we couldn't afford it. And lit up our house, Christmas tree and all. And he's like, ho, 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 Merry Christmas. He looks down and um, sees a fax machine on the floor that we were going to sell on Craigslist. And it said $50 on it because we were going to sell it. And he goes, oh, man, I need a fax machine. I'm like, okay, yeah, it's 50 bucks. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, he, literally, he's like, <sighs> like, just like, no, thanks, walks out. Yep. Mm. And I just look at Rich. I'm like, oh, I think I have a scarcity mindset. Yeah. Mm. Oh, because because an abundant mindset would would just give. Yep. Would just give, especially under this condition, yeah. you know. But it, it just abundance mindset knows that there's enough. Yep. And that you will get yours. I was the youngest of five. I never got mine. Mm. The cereal was never there for me in the morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I had to overcome this, and I remember it was so deep, and my fear of poverty, and and remember for women. This goes back centuries yeah. of if you're too old or you're not good enough, that you will get tossed out into the river. Like mm -hmm. nobody needs you or wants you. So I just, I had to overcome this old cellular stuff. And, and so I listened to a CD called Prosperity mm -hmm. and it was hypnosis mm -hmm. to get, like we talked about at the beginning of the show, your subconscious is so powerful. And my subconscious still believes that I get thrown out by the time I'm 30, I'll be too old, whatever. I've got to take what I can because it won't be there for me. Yeah. There won't be enough for me. And I had to shift that. This, this went so deep in my subconscious and I had to listen to it every day for 30 days to shift that where there was enough and I could imagine myself having enough and imagine myself having so much I could give. And it worked. It shifted yeah. it. And you read The Science of Getting Rich. Science of Getting right Rich after that. was oh. so good. I read a lot of those books to just shift yeah. the deeper self-conscious. Because until, if you have a deep, deep belief that you won't have enough or you can't have enough um, or you'll be tossed out, yeah. that's that's going to drive everything. Yeah. 
Yeah, I like to say media changes mindset. So like the more you can, like if like if you are lacking a abundance mindset, like how can you consume some media that'll help you? Like read the, the tapes, the CDs, and now today, like the podcasts, yeah. the audio books or the physical books, like that media, like the more you listen to that, it changes mindset. Yeah. When, I, when I wanted Heather to, uh, I tell the story a lot, but I was like, when I when I wanted Heather to get on board with real estate, because I was like, oh, this is going to be great. We're going to you know make all this money. It's going to be, it's, it's a cool business. She's just like, yeah, it sounds like get rich quick. Like, I don't want any of that, you know, self-help mm-hmm, stuff, right? Mm-hmm, sure. I, you know, give me my job. I, you know, we'll make a good career. We'll retire when we're 70, right? Like that was kind of like the mentality she came from. And I was there, you know, I just got a few months earlier, right? I, I, I discovered it. So I read Rich Dad Poor Dad and I'm like, oh, that, like this book changed my mindset. So I wanted her to read it. And she just wouldn't, like, she's like, I don't read self-help books. Like, I don't want to do that. So I finally made the deal. I couldn't pay her to do it because we're both broke. <laughs> but <laughs> I, uh, I said, okay, fine, I'll make you trade. I'll read any book you want me to read if you read this one. Doesn't matter how long it is. You tell me a book, I'm going to read it. And you know, and she's like, any book? And I'm like, any book? She's like, fine. So she hands me like this 800-page Twilight. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, so I read all of Twilight. And then I read all of the ones in the series. And uh, yeah. Oh, it's go, all that's a team, good husband. Yeah, team Jacob. Uh, <laughs> but uh, she read Rich Dad Poor Dad. And she gets done. She's like, oh, yeah, this is great. I get it. Like it changed, the media changed her mindset. Yeah. And uh, so she got excited about it. And we've been on kind of the same page ever since. And yeah. So we also try to consume media. I, mean, I did that when I wanted to eat more vegan. Like I'm not vegan, but I wanted to eat more vegan. So sure. I was like, well, let's just watch some vegan documentaries. That'll make you vegan. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're just like, because right. they're so, you know, you can watch a documentary on veganism and one on eating only meat. And both of them have 100% science to back up. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, and so you'd be convinced either way. Yeah. So yeah, it's like, yeah, our brains are manipulatable. So like learn to manipulate them the way, in the yeah, right the way that you want. Yeah. yeah in the right direction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't let them be manipulated by your random forces. Yeah. Uh, but manipulate them in the way you want to. Or the forces that are trying to control you. Yes. Which yeah. is the, me- the, which the is media, the, media, the media, media. Yeah. Will yeah. Put we you want in that you scarcity this way. place. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> oh yeah. The media like designed to make you fearful and scared because mm-hmm. then you're just going to listen to more of the media to yeah. figure out what comes next. I know. And yeah. so many people are looking for like just the, the how to, you know, when you talk about wealth, you know, the wealth mindset thing or whatever it is, it's like, just tell me the facts of what I need to do, what I need to buy, like real estate, especially, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just like, how how do I get this many doors in this instead of really looking at yourself? And I think that's where you really get to start. It's just like, how are you operating? What's going on in here? What's your mindset until you get that right? All the, like having a cookbook is not going to do you anything good. Yeah. That's good. Well, let, let's shift a little bit to the real estate and dig in. I, I might even make like a segment of the show eventually where it's going to be like, the, this is a how-to section, right? Like there's a lot of mindset. There's a lot of stories, but I, I want to eventually get to, you know, as long as I've got geniuses on real estate, how does somebody get into real estate? Let's go through kind of a step-by-step. Like what should, I mean, there's a million ways to do it, but teaching people today that are listening, let's say they don't have any property. They know that real estate investing is something they want to do, or at least wealth is something they want to have, like monetary wealth. What do they do? Where do they start? How do they get there? I know it's a big question. So I I would say it's, you know, that's the wise investor. That's the reason I wrote it. It yeah. was not to say, not to say, but get the book. I'm yeah, saying yeah. that it's the, the hero in the, in the journey. Yeah. His name's Ryan. He's the one who's in that mindset of just like, this is the way it is. And he had no idea to even entertain real estate. Mm. So I think it's really, it's about educating yourself and committing to say, I'm going to take the next six months. I'm not going to try to buy anything. I'm not going to try to do anything. I'm going to take the six months to figure out what is it that I want to invest in Mm, and become an expert in that. Because because if you, you'll jump all over the place. It's like multifamily is the way, single family is the way, you know, self-storage is the way, you know, whatever it is. It's like, so you got to pick your lane. And I think 
taking six months to do that and get clear and just absorb everything you can. Listen to podcasts, try to figure out what is it, what are you leaning toward? And once you choose that asset class, then really learn as much as you can and then find mentors and resources in that. Mm, that's and, good. And I, and I would say just start small. Again, coming back to that theme, mm -hmm. I've had people come up to me at conferences and say, I want to syndicate. And yeah. I'm like, great. <laughs> How many deals have you done? None. Okay, okay, you're yeah. not ready. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, maybe other people will think that's okay. I don't think that's okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, unless you are partnering with yeah, somebody. Yeah, that's the way to hijack. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you partner with somebody who's already done it. Who, if you're so, just have a, yeah. able to bring people together, that's yeah. that may be your gift, but make sure you've got a real estate expert. But, you know, sometimes this, just the simplest thing of maybe doing what I did in the very beginning when I was a single mom, where I rented a house and I subleased two of the rooms. Yep. There you go. You've just learned how to sublease. And yep. that didn't take, that yeah, fed absolutely. me. It wasn't yeah. costing me. It was bringing money in. Then then when we were going through the cancer scare, well, we rented out rooms in our house too. So we learned how to be landlords. Then just with our daughter, she wanted to buy a car right outside, right out of college. And we're like, if you buy a car, this is going to ruin your debt to income ratio. Mm. Just deal with your old car. It still works. Talk to a lender. Sometimes that's the best first step. Just find out what you can qualify for. Turns out right out of college, she could qualify for a $300,000 house. And believe it or not, that exists in Chico, California. So she talked to the lender, found out she could actually qualify and then started. And I'm like, now start shopping. Yeah. And she was able to find a house that she could improve herself for $250,000. It was a three bedroom instead of the two bedroom apartment she was living in. So she really upgraded her life. The payment was lower. She improved that. She did a lot of the work herself, improved it, sold it for $150,000 gain, mm. was able to then come and live near us in the Los Angeles area and use that as a down payment. Now she's got another house. She's gonna put an ADU on it. Yeah. So just taking that first step, again, you you had mentioned earlier, talking to a mortgage broker, yeah. that's the first step so you know what you qualify for. If you don't qualify for anything, then I, some people will say you can use other people's money. I say maybe, but how about just make some money? Yeah. Like for me, when when we were learning it, I but we didn't have the extra money to, to invest. You just kind of look at your life and say, what am I good at? What could I make money at right now? Yep. And what I could make money at right then was I had this radio show, right? So why not make that better, really improve it, put energy in it, make it great, and then get sponsors. Yeah. Now I have some money and I could use that money as down payments yeah. rather than, I mean, obviously you can JV with other people, but I, I'm just like, get a side gig. Yeah. You know, just mm -hmm. find a way to make a little extra money, put that aside, that'll be your investing money. That's just my advice. Yeah. And I, you know, I have a few friends who have been waiting to get into real estate for years. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, what I say to them is just get that first investment property. Yep. Just one, you know, to break the ice because they're, they're so afraid of that. Just yeah. The, so it's, yeah, get pre qualified, buy that first investment property, even if it's like a 200000 or $150,000 house. Then you get it, you learn it, you learn about depreciation and taxes and keeping up with things and everything. Yeah. And then you can graduate and go you know, wherever you want, just like yeah. you started with single yeah. families, right? Yeah. And you know, you mentioned earlier about there's a, there's a lot of ways to get there. 
there, there's this idea that, you know, all roads lead to Rome. There's that like famous phrase. And it's like, mm, cause right. the Roman empire, right. was all spread out and, and, but every road, every major highway would eventually get to Rome. Right. So the same thing is true with, with wealth. I see it as like all roads lead to wealth. Mm. However, mm-hmm. if you get off the road and you, you're like, Oh, well, that road over there looks better. And you go over there and then you go on this road. And like, Oh, look at the, look at that one over there. There's a, it, like, you can, you can walk a million roads and never get to Rome. That's really right? good point. So yeah, if you stay 100%. on the, the highway to wealth, you will get there. Mm-hmm. So I say this with people all the time is they try to, yeah, I'm going to do real estate. And then they do it. They get on that road for a while. And then six months in, they're like, well, I'm not wealthy yet. So I guess yeah. I better go crypto. try. Yeah, crypto. Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going to go really do crypto. Well. And then right. I'm going to go do this thing. I'm going to go sell Tupperware. And I, it, it's this never ending thing. And so because of that, they're, just, they're circling wealth yeah. and they're not going they're not toward wealth following the journey yeah so just yeah. that idea i love that you said the ex like what can you be an expert in mm. and that is so lacking in today's world like everyone wants what's the lowest effort i can put in to be mm. good at this and you brought it up with like yeah improve yourself like do a good job on the radio show so you can get better sponsors mm-hmm. nobody's thinking that like i feel like most, so many people are just like oh, what's the least effort i can put in so i can go and relax more and make lots of money yeah and make lots of money yeah, yeah. and it's the, it doesn't work that way does no. it no mm-hmm. yeah Fascinating. All right. Well, let's move on to the next segment of the show. I don't have a great name yet for this. We're still working on it. <laughs> uh, but it's a series of three questions. The three questions that each have three parts to it. First one, and I'll ask each of you. So it's kind of actually, there's like six questions. Oh, in each wow. one, right? Because okay. each of you get to answer the three. What are three things? When I say things, it could be a habit, a belief, an action, a new routine, something. Three things that you have changed in your life in the last 12 months that has given you a better life. So what have you done differently in the last year? What have you implemented or done that's given you a better life? Why don't you lead? I'll I'll lead. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I know you know. We had a a big fallout in our company last year. Mm. And I think a lot of it came from lack of transparency, even though that's one of our values, our core values. Mm -hmm. And also me trying to over, like, over fix things, get over involved in things that aren't aren't mine to do. Uh, I've I've done that in rela- personal relationships where I would jump in and try to help someone with something they didn't ask help for. So I I think the big lesson last year was to just put my focus on the things I can control, and then trust other people to do the job that I've asked them to do or whatever. If it's their life, let them live their life. It's not my life. Like it's not my job to tell someone how to live their life or try to fix it for them. Mm. So this, this past year has been just focus on where I can improve and trust our employees, trust Rich in, in his management of that and just stay. I think it's just like, just stay out of it. I, mm. That's the best way I can say it. Just stay out of it and focus on what the things that I can control. I love mm. it. I would say focusing on, just to expand on this, you're focusing on your unique ability. And my unique ability. What yeah. she does best, you know, that she loves doing, that she's amazing at. And when you put your focus on that and you kind of just let go of the other things. Yeah. yeah. I was, so I was probably micromanaging and being sure. controlling and that was causing conflict between us because he is the the CEO of the company yeah. and I was breathing down his neck. Mm. So anyway, I All trust right. you, baby. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Thank you. So in that same vein, going through that, going through those challenging times and being, we were co-CEOs at the time yeah. and all this conflict and it, it got really hard. It was a, it was the biggest strain on our marriage in 26 years. Mm. And uh, what I had to learn from it was not I guess it just comes down to be curious. Yeah. Be curious. I was trying to come in and solve the problem, 
fix the problem, say, this is what, this is the way you need to operate. This is what you need to do. And what I started to realize is, and really embrace was just, I'm actually going to get a question mark tattoo on my wrist as mm. my, as a reminder to be curious and be curious about other people. But more than anything is be curious about her. What do you need? What's going on? Tell me more. Do I fully understand you? Because I was assuming that I, under, I understood her, yeah. you know, and I would just make this assumption and I was come up with the answer. And so, yeah, it's like being a, being a husband 101, you know, yeah. but it took 26 years for me to learn it. <laughs> yeah. So that's the Sometimes big one. Be, be curious is the biggest thing for me. And it's all carried right. over into all areas of my life. All more right. present. All right. Mm -hmm. Cool. What else? Anything else you've done giving you a better life? Uh, yep. Um, definitely a part of that for me was, um, really committing to meditation Okay. with an ADHD brain. It's yeah. like, I would sit down and try to meditate and my, I'd be all over the place. And I'm like, I can't do this. You yeah. know, it's just like, I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll get my meditation when I hike or sure. something like that. And then I just started to use the calm app and yeah, I just I did love that the app. 10 minutes a day yeah. and I committed to it. And now I'm on day like 460 or something wow. like that. Uh, so I just, I got on that streak yep. and I didn't want to break it. And just every morning, it's the first thing I do, 10 minutes. And it's really, now I can quiet my mind. That's great. It took me a while. It took me probably three or four months where I was like, oh, I'm starting to get this. Yep. And now I'm more present consistently. I don't get hooked as easily. And yeah, and it's like, I'm way even, much better at being able to, it's that you know, that choice between the stimulus and response, yep. that, pause, that pause, you know, as yeah. Victor Frankl said, yep. it's like, I'm so much better at pausing now and saying, how do I want to respond to this situation? Mm. Yeah. So instead of before I'd get stimulated and I'd be like, I'd react. Yep. So, and that, that's what massage is. I mean, uh, um, not massage that too. Massage is good yeah. too. But uh, <laughs> meditation has been awesome. That's great. Mm -hmm. Anything else you want to add? Well, and then uh, because of that, we've done marriage counseling before, yep. but not pretty steadily, but we, starting last year, we're like, all right, we need improvement yep. in our communication. We, it took three tries. The, the first counselor I loved, because she seemed to be totally on my side. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, nope. And then we got another one that just was way too by the book. She wanted, you know, she, Kathy, you sound upset. Let's put you on some medication. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. Nope, you're not the, the one. An analyzing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the psychotherapist and, yeah. and, or like psychologist, whatever, yeah. didn't work. Mm -hmm. And then we found a, a relationship coach, mm. which we just loved. Again, that coach was just curious and yep. asked really good questions. And it's been great. Gave us great exercises to yeah, do. Yeah, just on how we can communicate better. And he just would draw out from us, you know, is there anything that you want to say? How does that feel for you? Anything? So we just facilitated an hour long conversation and we just do it once a month. So we just meet with our relationship coach. It's just like working with a business coach, you know, yeah. asking great questions and drawing it out. Because sometimes mm -hmm. in a relationship, there's one person that's just afraid to say what they really think. And that's me. So, and he's afraid that I'm not telling him what I'm thinking because he's right. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so the coach creates a safe place for me to do that. I, I don't know why I need that, but I do. Mm. And he'll just say, tell Rich what you're really thinking. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I'm ready for it. You and, know? Yeah. and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to react. Yeah. And you're in a Especially space with someone yeah. watching me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's just for whatever reason, there'll be a time when I probably don't need that. But yeah. even after 26 years, I still need that. Mm. Yeah. You know, one, uh, and, and maybe I'm stealing some thunder from when I interviewed them on the podcast, but Lewis House and his uh, girlfriend, Martha, uh, good friends of mine, they, uh, he's got a big podcast and she's a big movie star in Mexico. But they, uh, when they, they got together, they told me that 
from day one, they said every week, like as we're dating and whatever happens in the future, every week we will go to marriage, or I mean, relationship counseling mm-hmm. from day one. Wow. And, and he said, we've never had a fight because of that wow. because they preempted it. And he made this point or they made this point that like, it's amazing. Right. Yeah. Like we, with business, we hire business coaches, even when things aren't failing and wrong. Right. We're just like, Hey, we want to have get a better, we want to have better business. So let's yeah. hire a business coach. Yeah. But in marriage, it's like people only ever do it when there's when a problem. It's, it was too yeah, late, yeah, when it's too late. Yeah. yeah. And they they're like, why don't we just do it from day one? And mm. they both agreed to it. And they've like they have such a great relationship That's because really... every week they have a time, a moment where they can work on their things together yeah. with somebody who can help them. Yeah. And uh yeah, that impacted me. And I still have not yet done that with my wife and I, but we are going to. <laughs> I keep saying that. Uh I'm going I'm gonna do it. Start, here. start with once a month. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that, sometimes that's the answer, right? Is just do something like let's just Get, yeah, put it out there. Try yeah, it. Yeah. And it might not be the first, the right person the first time. It, it might not be, and yep. that's okay. And that's There's okay. somebody out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Any more on that one? Anything else you've done? And you've been cold plunging. Yeah, yeah. you know, that was that was huge. <laughs> I have a busy mind. Yeah. You know, I'm, a, as I said, at 10 on the Colby on yep. Quick Start. My mind is never, ever not thinking of a new idea. Yep. And <laughs> it's, it's been hard to sleep and mm-hmm. and hard to <laughs> I overwhelm my team. And um, so anyway... Rich started the cold plunge. He's been really looking at it's easy for us because our we don't heat our pool. It's freezing. Yeah. And so we just he just started doing it. The first time I went in, I I went in and went out. And I was like, that's that's yep. it. But <laughs> he kept of- saying, <laughs> Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. I hate this. I don't yep. like being cold. I like being comfortable. I like Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Warm <laughs> things. And but then he was kind of telling me the the benefits. And one of them is memory. Mm. And I just I'm, I'm like I said, I'm going to be 60. I want to have a great memory. I want to have great energy. I, we just have our first grandkid. I expect many more. I want to have the energy to, to mm-hmm. take them all weekend. I didn't really feel that way with my parents. I didn't, I didn't know that they could handle our kids for more than an hour, yeah. right? I want to be the, the parent that can. Yes. And, um, and so that was part of it. And then also just the, apparently you sleep better. So now I can go in eight, nine. Today I did like almost 10 minutes just swimming wow. in the cold pool. Now I feel like I could go swimming in the ocean. And yeah. California is pretty cold. cold the ocean's yeah. cold, but I always want to swim in it, but I never do. Yep. So now I feel like, oh, I could go and actually enjoy that. So I think my sleep has been phenomenal. Really? And I think I've gone probably 20 years without great sleep. Yeah. So this morning I slept till 7.30, which I don't know. that wow. To me, that's like fully sleeping. Yeah, I'm usually up by five. So, so whatever it is that ha- seems to help me to, to be able to overcome something you hate doing, yep. but you know, it's good for you. Mm-hmm. If you can do it in one thing, you can do it in another thing. Yeah. So I think the training of doing something so incredibly uncomfortable as being freezing yep. um, for five, six, seven, ten, 10 minutes ha- is building this inner strength that will have me be able to take on things that normally I would just not want to do. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Then I would say the un- the one other thing this past year that we did that has been a game changer for us for a better life is we're um, building this development up in Park City. Oh, okay. uh, single family homes and townhomes and building out this whole, we syndicated it. And those, one of the townhomes just looked amazing and we wanted to help fund the project and infuse some cash. So we bought one of the townhomes, just thinking it'll be a cool short-term yep. rental and we love to ski so we can go up there. But that's been a game changer family-wise. It's like my mom came out from upstate New York and we all gathered as a whole family and going skiing together, going tubing together and all that. So I mean, that's then, cool. 
Yeah. So that kind of like that lifestyle investment. And then it's a short-term rental when yep. we're not there. So it's kind of like having that short-term rental and this lifestyle investment or lifestyle asset has been really awesome over this last year. It's added it. a lot to our life. Yeah. It was just kind of an awareness of we we have these, like I said, these little houses in Ohio that we're yeah. never going to visit. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they, you know, are they ever really... I don't know. It's it's just a different mentality to be like, well, what if we just put this into something we would use? Yeah. It's still going to not totally cash flow, but some. Mm-hmm. But, but most of our investments are for the long term anyway. Yeah. So why not have some properties that cash flow a little bit, um, but that we get to use and are in amazing places and create memories? So yeah, we're kind of like in the lifestyle investing. Yeah, it's been a good one. Kind of like with our our main home, it's mostly paid for by two Airbnbs that we have on it. Mm. That's so beautiful. we get to kind of live our life of our dreams, but it's it's covered by it helps a lot short term <laughs> rentals. Yeah, that's great. I love mm-hmm. it. All right, next question then for each of you: three books that have most impacted your life. I think Rich mentioned earlier, "Science of Getting Rich" okay, was yep. really a game changer for me. That was a big one. Mm-hmm. I would say "The Way of the Superior Man" was mm-hmm. a really good one. Uh, David Data. Okay, uh, it's all about how to better understand your. Your, your woman <laughs> and be a superior man, meaning just grounded, loving, acknowledging all that. So that, that was a big one for me. Mm-hmm. What else for you? Uh, a second one for me. Um, oh, I can't think of the name of it. You go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously rich dad, poor dad yeah, was yeah. great for both of us. You know, that yeah. was, a, that was a game changer for mindset. Psychology of money actually recently mm. That was yeah. a really good Morgan Housel. Yeah. That had a, that was a big influence on the Wise Investor book. Oh, uh, yeah, just reading yeah. through that first. And then, you know, it definitely wove some of that into, into the story. That was a great one. That's great. Uh, I mean, Think and Grow Rich, if we yep. want to go back, that was yeah. one of the first books yeah. I, I read that, you know, before Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah. Obviously, it's written in 1937. Yeah. <laughs> that was a big yeah, one. That's an old one. Yeah. Atomic Habits was great. Our core values spell atomic. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah. So when I saw that book, it was like, it just came out and I'm yeah. like, Atomic Habits, ooh, I like habits and and this is atomic, you know? Yeah. And then it's like to see what that book's done as far as sales and everything. It's so, I'm so stoked for him. Yeah, he's killing it. Like every well time I look deserved. at like the top 10 li- book list of like Amazon, like all books, yeah. it's like Atomic Habits always like one, two or three. It's just mm-hmm. huge. Yeah, yeah. and a great up. book. But that's, so that's great. Cause it's, it's so in alignment. And yeah. back in 98, I wrote a book called Focus and it was a guide to clarity and achievement. And it was so much about habits yeah. and, you know, little things that add up to make a big difference. So yeah. Atomic Habits, I'm like, I was just nodding cool. the whole time as I read it. Yeah, when I wrote the intention journal for Bigger Pockets, it was mm. a journal. I a ton of the research over that whole year, I spent a long time researching like habits and actions and all that. And I really based a lot of the science and psychology of that book off of James Clear's blog, which he then uh, spent, I mean, this is before Atomic Habits came out. He just mm-hmm. would blog about habits and actions and he had an amazing website and he would go and look at all the data and and what his blog was eventually became Atomic Habits. So yeah. in a way, the Intention Journal, which then the Better Life Tribe has been, you know, pulled off of the, you know, the intent that basically the Better Life Tribe is off the same methodology. So in a way, the Better Life Tribe is like a great, great grandson of Atomic Habits. No, so, yeah. I get it. Yeah, so, yeah I love it's that. very, very similar. In fact, when we talk about it, very similar. So. A, a really good parenting book is Love and Logic. Okay, I'm Love and Logic. That. It's it's a Christian based. Okay, uh, but it, it really helps with the disciplining of your kids in a really oh, kind okay. and loving way. That's good. Yeah. Because We're dealing with uh, yeah. meltdowns daily. Everyone with, is, yeah. but yeah. The, the, <laughs> the little exercises they have on yeah. there, it, it changes everything. I'm going to buy it today. That's great. <laughs> All right. Uh, final question of this kind of three-part thing. Let's go with a leader question. I'm, I'm playing with different questions to ask here, but three leaders in history could be present, could be past, 
that you admire and look up to and why? Hmm. I mean, first one for me is Gandhi. Okay. Yeah. And just, it's a huge influence in the sense of that, um, the understanding, the, the, the not fighting, the focus on peace yeah. and the commitment at a soul level to walk the talk basically. Mm. Yeah. No matter what happens. Yeah. Still walking and talk. I'm going to say Abigail Adams. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. kind of random, but they are my ancestors. That, oh, no way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, she was just just to imagine what they went through at that time where they fought so hard for, for freedom and and to just be able to create their own world. And the, the strength that she had, a lot of people, of course, talk about her husband, but she held down the farm, like literally held down the farm. And I just think back, like, what a strong, powerful woman to be supporting her husband and leading a whole new country yeah. while she was kind of leading the, the family and writing him every day and supporting him. I don't know. Yeah, I just I love it. I, I, I love her. Yeah, that's great. Other leaders. Yeah, there's, I mean, over the past couple of years, I've been really into Stoic philosophy okay, yeah. and Stoic, the Stoic approach. So, yeah. you know, it's hard to pick, you know, one of them, you yeah. know, from Socrates to Heraclitus. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm mean, going to just the, the, right. the Stoic leaders okay. yeah, and their that. approach and yeah, just kind of taking personal responsibility for your life and yeah. being your best self. Yeah, that's huge. Love it. I'm going to say Kathy McGee, who is the founder of Operation Smile. And do you know what that is? Yeah, and not the one that fixes the, the cleft palate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, her husband is a doctor and she just was living this beautiful, wealthy life in, in the Los Angeles area and wasn't really feeling fulfilled. And I, we met her, we had dinner with her and I can't remember the origin story, but mm. she took this this. Like I think they traveled and, and she saw the pain and suffering mm. out there. But for her to come back and create an organization, she plugged into so many celebrities and just kept at it, kept at it, and they're still at it. And they have changed the lives of so many kids. Because I don't know if you know, but if in certain countries, if you have a cleft palate, they think that you're satanic, yeah, they, like, yeah. satanic and they'll just kill you yep. or you're just tossed from society. Yeah. So she, they go in and do these hundred dollar surgeries and changes person's life. Yep. So Real Wealth has donated and we've done, I don't know, we've helped with thousands of surgeries. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And it's so exciting. Krista, our daughter actually went to Thailand on one of their missions and mm. That's would how hold we learned the babies. Yeah. yeah, she was the one who discovered it. But she would hold the babies before and after surgery and, you know, just like it was just a very much She's, she's just oh. such a little Mother Teresa, which would be my third okay. Mother Teresa. <laughs> I love it. Mm. So there's my three. There you go. All yeah. right. You want to stick with your your Stoic leaders for two, or you only got one more? I think that I was going to say Viktor Frankl, but he's you yeah. know he's so influenced by the Stoics yeah. as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. So it's more of that philosophy than just one person. It's just that Idea, that mindset, yeah. that approach. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. All right, guys. Well, uh, two more questions. One: What are you excited about in the future? What projects or things you're working on? What are you excited about? I'm excited about building the mastermind side of our business. Okay, I, I think we're late to the table, but at the same time, yeah. I know that I have a lot, um, just a lot of experience I'd love to share. And like I said, I, I want to plug into what I think is an untapped market is this women's leadership. Really, for some reason, and I think the reason sitting next to me, yeah. <laughs> I've been able to excel as a leader in, in real estate. And I, I know it's because I had a you know, it's been a, it's been a man's world in business for a mm. long time. So I need, you know, Rich was able to help me understand that man's world. Yeah. 
And I, I want to give that to other women. It's like, how do you brand yourself? How do you get out there? How do you get on stage? How do yeah. you get people to listen to you on a podcast? You know, yeah. like all of that stuff. Yeah. And, and the reason I say that, like, I don't think you're anywhere close to the late to the party. You know, first of all, at Bigger Pockets, when we launched the podcast, like back, you know, whatever, I was like, yeah, we're late to the party. We missed the podcast boat. Like it's, we're, we're too late. And then it was like, we really were at the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. Right. But one thing that Alex, who's, you know, director here of the podcast, we talk a lot about, and he, he talks a lot about is as religion in America has, and I'm going to steal all your, uh, your lines there, Alex. Uh, the real star of the show. You're the real star of the show. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So as religion has dropped away in America, largely organized religion, and as like bowling has dropped away and as all these community things have dropped away, mm. Americans are, I mean, like, humans are built for community in a large way. And yeah. so what, what we have pos- postulated, theorized is just this about conversated about, <laughs> thank you, uh, <laughs> is this resurgence of community things. Mm. And that's where like the, the better life tribe, I think that's one of the reasons we wanted to launch with 200 people and we launched with 1200, like the first week or whatever, 1100. It was because like people are like, Oh, that's a group of people I get to go and get together with. Like, that's cool. That's new. And it's like, well, it's actually very old, but we just haven't had that in America for a while. Yeah. And so I think like this idea of masterminds is just beginning. I think mm. we're going to see a lot more uh, tribalism in mm. a good way. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah in in America, cool. as we, we need to bond and especially in the more digital world, mm-hmm. uh, we need to bond in real life with people. So I think you're just, the wave is just building up. So. Oh, I love it. Thank love you. It. <laughs> All right. Last question from me. Where would you best like people who want to learn more about you? Uh, where should they go? Probably just realwealth.com. <laughs> realwealth.com. Realwealth.com. Pretty, pretty simple. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That's our website. That's how we serve people. I mean, social media is just Rich Fetke, Kathy Fetke. But yeah, realwealth.com is the best. All right. Sounds good. Well, thank you guys. You're amazing. I love you both. You're awesome. Thank love you too. Thank you so much. <laughs> Bye, <man. laughs> And that is the show. Thank you everyone for tuning in to another episode of A Better Life with Brandon Turner. I hope you enjoyed the insights and the wisdom uh, brought to you today on this show. If you found value in this episode, please consider leaving us a rating and a review on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, Your feedback actually does help us improve the show. We look at the feedback, I look at the feedback, and we can reach more people with our message of living a better life. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Follow me on social, Beardy Brandon. And hey, before I go, this show is all about the habits, actions, and beliefs that can give you a better life. But in case you're interested and you want to know my opinion on what it takes to live the best life ever, and that includes some of my kind of weird spiritual beliefs maybe, check out abetterlife.com slash bestlife. Abetterlife.com slash bestlife. Thank you again for listening, and I will see you next time on A Better Life with Brandon Turner.